Fatality. going on everybody welcome to fatality and mk retrospective i am your host the fluff master supreme the one who knows the combos to make some bells scream mr big johnny d and allow me to introduce my co-host the man who's been with me since the beginning that doppelganger kanga banga that saucy aussie mr brody kano kane how y'all motherfuckers going oh today is may 29th 2021 and we are talking mortal Kombat 1995 today and uh it's gonna be a doozy episode it's gonna be a fucking fun one but before we jump into that shit we like to do a little intro a little slice and dice if you will talk about what the fuck we've been doing for the last uh, week. So Brody, my brother, how have you been, man? I've been very well, Mr. Johnny D. Uh, a bit better than last week, so definitely, here, definitely improved there. Yeah. Um, oh, we recorded our first episode of season two for Lights, Camera, Exploitation. Oh, yesterday. wow, really? Yeah, so nice. we are back. We are fucking back, people. And I didn't know season two was coming that fast, brother. I'm not going to lie. That's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I said to TJ, when are we doing this thing? And he's like, next weekend. I'm like, fucking hell yes. I'm Kane. I'm super Kane. Uh, we did a TJ Bowser pick straight up, uh, blow up from 1966. Very, very fun film to talk about. It's a little bit different, um, I will admit. But, yeah, no, it was, um, it was, it was good. And it was actually – great time on the fucking show to, to to be back to be honest so yeah that was good right. um uh, uh what else have i been up to i uh, just actually i've been buying bulk blu-rays dude um i won't list them all but i will mention some of them and and yes uh i've treated myself to a robocop director's cut from arrow Ooh, nice uh, Mr. Bowser sent that to me and he's like, you need to purchase this ASAP. And I'm like, how fucking dare you? I'm trying to save my money. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and just like that, it was gone. I bought it, purchased it. And not to mention Scanner Cop 1 and 2 from Vinegar Syndrome. I had to get my hands on that. Uh, Another Mr. Bowser favorite. He um, was – I've heard him endlessly talk about this film and from what I've heard, it's good things. Um, Mother of Tears and – all right, there's now how's this for a fucking film title? Snake Eater. Snake Eater. Yeah, from Diabolic. So um Snake Eater, from what I've read, I've never ever heard of this film before, but I saw it and I was like, this shit looks badass. The trailer looks fucking epic. Uh it's just basically about a one-man army. He used to be in the war. It's it's definitely a cheesy 80s. Uh, action film um and it's just him taking on a bunch of people around the city of um i'm not sure if it's new york or wherever it is in the states but yeah it looks fucking badass um so i'm really keen to get my hands on that and suss that out um but yeah other than that just work mate flat out working um man just waiting for these blu-rays to rock up so i can check check these bad boys out but how about oh and also watch this lovely movie Mm-hmm. This episode. So, how about yourself, there, Mister Johnny D? How you been, brother? 
Oh, I've actually been quite well. Thank you for asking, sir. Um, today I took the kiddo to a carnival. It was just a little, uh, they call it taste of the fair, something like that. So like everybody in the, like every state has over here, they have a big state fair usually like in the time of the summer. New York state does it every year. It's always in August. So this is just like a little snippet of the state fair, but like well before the, the fact. So they have like, I don't know, five, six different food booths set up. And then they got a bunch of little rides and shit like that for the kids. And then some games. It's actually quite, it was quite nice, dude. It wasn't like overly packed or anything like that. Shit, man, we killed fucking three, three and a half hours there today alone. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't big by any means. It's just kiddo rode some rides and played some games. Um, it was supposed to be a cosplay uh, day. And so my ass, like, I, dude, I haven't, because COVID and all that shit, dude, we all had a year pretty much stripped away. I haven't done anything fucking with cosplay in a hot minute, right, dude? So, like, I had the itch, and I was like, yeah, dude, let's fucking, I'm fucking wearing something. Let's do it, right? So I even put a follow-up on my fucking stupid Instagram and shit. <laughs> so I ended up taking two cosplays with me, dude, right? I pull up. My buddy and his family pull up because his daughter's the same age. So that's why, you know, a nice play date for the girls. And uh, we realized I kind of like how small it was. And I was like, huh. Why don't we uh, why don't we just suss this shit out for a little bit? You know what I mean? Like we'll dress because like if you came in costume, you got discounts on stuff like you got discounts on like the ride bands. They had wine slushies. You can get discount on that for being in costume. Like so, you know what I mean? If you want to get your drink on, you didn't have a beer tent. So like it, you only had the wine slushies. Worst case scenario. Um, but yeah, like it was still a cool little idea. So my brother, Mr. Fucking. Joseph Day, who pops in on our shows every once in a while, he he always asks us. He's the gentleman who always asks to uh, show us his our buttholes. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's listening tonight, dude. He catches it. But this motherfucker, he was kind of mad at me and my buddy because we didn't tell him we didn't we didn't dress up. So he was expecting everybody to be fully like fucking. You know what I mean? And this is from my Ghostbusters group. So there was a bunch of us there today. There's a few people in flight suits. The few of us who also had like had kids with us. We were like, nah, dude, we're going casual. And everything all right over there, buddy? Yeah, no, I just thought I heard something in the background. Oh, fucking phasmophobia. Uh, <laughs> where the fuck was it? Oh, so yeah, anyway, so he shows up, dude. And they're doing the costume contest. They, they actually had one, too. And he shows up and he's like, wow, thanks, guys, for not telling me. The fucking you guys that dress up. We're like, well, you know, we just weren't feeling it. So he's like, huh? We were just like, we'll go in the costume, dude. They have any, they're about to do the adults. And he's like, no. He's like, they're about to do the adults. Just walk the fuck over there, dude. You're already you're all suited up. You know what I mean? He had Proton Pack fucking the whole night. He was good to go. He's like, yeah. And then like, so the dude, the announcer guy sees him, calls him over because he's like, yo, he's like, come on, get in on this shit. <laughs> so he goes over there. So now he's got me. And my boy and his wife, and we got our two kids. And yeah, there he is right there. Mr. Joseph Day. Yeah, spoiler. He fucking won. And that's because he had some good old friends in the crowd that were loud as shit compared to the other like 15 people sitting there clapping. (laughs) So as pissed off as he was, it was literally the quickest turnaround to where he won 75 bucks for just being like, hey, I'm here. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> a bittersweet moment. Good stuff. Yeah, mate. dude. Like that, it, it was fucking perfect, dude. It was so. It was it was fucking hilarious because I even called it. I was like, he's going to show up fully suited, dude. He's going to be so mad at us. And it was, dude. There was just the anger on the face. Uh... <laughs> but no, man, that was good shit. I had a fun time with that. Um, wife was dealing with some shitty stuff, unfortunately. I'm not going to bring that up because I ain't going to try to bring the show down by any means. Um, other than that, man, well, you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't even have to watch this movie. Yeah, do this. Yeah. I've watched this movie so many fucking times. There's shit I probably would still fuck up on if even if I saw it, but I don't care. Um, shit, even before 2021 came out, I was watching this movie like every other fucking day, dude. It was ridiculous. I had this in Annihilation on repeat with some legacy in the middle. <laughs> 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 but, but other than that, man, I think uh, without further ado, we'll fucking get right into this shit. Hell to the yeah. Mm-hmm. So today we are talking 1995's Mortal Kombat, directed by Paul Anderson, also known now as Paul S. Anderson, writer Kevin Droney, producer Lawrence Kazanoff. You want to go down the uh, starring list there, buddy? Ooh, right. This is one, one name's going to be challenging here. Yeah, if you uh, want me to get that one, I can probably get that. I think I, I think I could roll it off tonight pretty well. Yeah, yeah. You, you might have to. Yeah, I reckon you'll, oh, yeah. you'll nail it. So we'll start off with uh, Christopher Lambert as Lord Raiden, Robin Shaw as Liu Kang, Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa as Shaw. Yes. I fucking got, I'm pretty sure I got that shit, dude. I, I think you. <laughs> I hope I did, did not fuck it. I think I got it. All right, I'm gonna let you take the rest. So Bridget Wilson is uh, Sonya Blade, Talisa Soto as Katana, Trevor Goddard as Kano, Chris Kasmasa as Scorpion. I hope I said that right. Ah, uh, Francis Petit as Sub Zero. I think it's. Petois, Petois, yeah, it is Petit. Francois, but he was a he was a Frenchman. So it's Petit. Oh no, shit! Yeah, we had a lot of Frenchmen in this game, in this uh, game movie. (laughs) Oh fuck! Yeah, right. I didn't even know that. Um, Keith Cook is Reptile, and Kenneth Edwards is Art Lean. Yo, gotta have Art Lean, dude. He's uh, he was a crucial character, whether you want to argue it or not. But we'll get into that a little later. So we got music by none other than George motherfucking S. Clinton. And if you don't know who that is, do yourself a Google search right now. That man, uh, besides giving us this glorious album, which we have shit to talk about. He's done so many great things, dude. He's just an amazing artist. Going after that, we have cinematography. We have uh, John R. Leonetti. Edited by Martin Hunter. Martin Hunter. I fucked up the basic name. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Distributed by New Line Cinema. Released August 18th, 1995. A runtime of 101 minutes. A budget of 18 million. Grossed 122 million worldwide. And we have a trailer here for y'all to enjoy. Well, Brody and I also enjoy with you.
each of us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will and his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. A fucking, a fucking trailer, trailer. dude. Fuck, Woo. that's so awesome. Brings back so many. How fucking funny in that trailer is it's like when it's like Kano, Sub Zero, they're all like doing shit, and then it goes right, and it's just Christopher Lambert going, ha, 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 ha. just Christopher Lambert fucking <laughs> laughing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, Christopher, Christopher Lambert. Um, and we have a little bit of this behind the scenes, but he was like almost the unsung hero of this movie. So yeah, it was uh, it's quite impressive if you don't know, but we'll get into that. But you want to give us that plot rundown, buddy? Absolutely. Um, Mortal Kombat is a tournament designed by the Elder Gods to allow Earthrealm a chance to defend itself against other attacking realms. Outworld so far has nine straight victories against Earthrealm, and it is now time for the tenth tournament which, if they are victorious, will be allowed to merge the realms. Lord Raiden, the protector of Earthrealm, has gathered a handful of warriors, including a disbanded monk, a struggling actor, and a special forces officer with a score to settle, all in attempt to defeat the powerful warriors of our world, as well as the evil sorcerer, Shang Tsung, and win the tournament, thus saving all of Earth and its people. Beautiful body. Fucking beautiful. Thank you. you. All right. So let's discuss. I'm going to let you take it. I mean, this film is nothing but pure fucking 90s nostalgia. It's crazy. Bad shit crazy. I fucking love it. And it stays incredibly true to the source material of the games. It it really does in comparison to like any – Let's just say okay. Let's just say video game movies as a whole. If, yes. if we'll go, if we'll go as that genre. Besides tweaking a few things, which obviously is going to happen because you're going to a totally different format to explain the yep. story. You're 100 right, dude. It sticks so close to its main 
so it's made with source material like the that very first second first and second game i would say there's a few, yes. little bit of lore it could actually just be tied to the first if you consider like all the comics and stuff that came after the fact but absolutely man i, I mean and, and and the one thing that I – look, I love this film so much, but the one thing I obviously do have a problem with it is the uh, the violence. We never got that tasty violence like the games. and But in, in a sense, I think that if you start tampering with the, the ratings and like introducing gore and that, it may have, it could have changed the actual outcome of this film. Like it might not have made it actually as good as it was. I'm not entirely sure. Well, do you- that's that's an interesting take. So if they actually went with the hard R, but yeah. we're talking ninety five. I mean, all right. So we got to think ninety five hard R. What's a ninety five hard R that comes to mind? Event Horizon is that ninety five? That was ninety seven. No. Sorry, yes, that was yes. Nope, no, no, you're fine. Um, that's actually <clears throat> so. Paul Anderson, he. And we talked about this on Goremore, I believe. Maybe we did. Yeah. But he did Event Horizon 97, and that's why he didn't do Annihilation. And that reason alone, and I think that might have had this in the thing, but that reason alone is why he stuck with the Resident Evil series all the way to his like final conclusion. Is because yes. he felt like he almost kind of shat on his own movie and potential series because he didn't do Annihilation. Yes. So, I mean, you're close. I mean, that's 97. That's only two years after. And that's what Paul Anderson could have gave us if he gave it, was given that, um, you know, openness, I guess. (laughs) That's not the right word. (laughs) Um, But we will roll with that word. Um, But yeah, no, just to point out like some, I mean, the closest thing to an R-rated film in 1995, I mean, you had films like, well, Dark Knight. Uh, sorry, Demon Knight from The Tales of the Crypt. Um, okay. Okay. So, okay. That, Demon Knight's actually, all right, we got some cra- good gore and stuff in that. Um, I feel like the Mortal Kombat wouldn't have been to that kind of level. Obviously, no. like, we're not going to, you know, Tales from the Crypt, it's its own thing. Yes. And it's kind of the level of cheese, even though it's like high budget, it's still high budget cheese. And that's a whole different pod. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, but no, man. I Okay. So if it was an R, it definitely wouldn't have gotten the outreach that it could have in 95. I would have yes. to say that being PG 13 um, gives you a broader stance. And this is when like, dude, you're talking, you've already got, this is 95. So you're already dropping, MK3 this year. And I, when did we when did we say this came out? Was it August? Yes. Uh, okay, so it was August. If I'm not mistaken, oh my god, and you'd have to actually go back to our further episode cuz I'm pretty sure we fucking uh talked about it in the MK3 episode. But I think even Ultimate MK3 dropped in September. So that would have dropped literally a month right after this shit. Would have been yeah. like perfect fucking like tie in i don't know man it's uh it was a storm i I can't speak for anybody else but like i watched that movie i didn't get to see it in theaters unfortunately but i did what i watched it i rented it uh vhs 
my old man let me rent it. We were going out on Friday night and like my parents picked the family movie and then I got to pick a movie for myself. And then, you know what I mean? So I picked Mortal Kombat, dude, because it just dropped. And I was like, yeah, dude, I had like the first game and <laughs> and uh, I didn't have the third one yet. Yeah, maybe I did. I might have actually had Ultimate 3 because by the time the VHS dropped from the theater release, that was like a solid six months back in the day where now it's like three. Um, yeah, I watched it like three times back, rewind, back. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? Like I went ham on that shit. And I- yeah, when you're a kid, man, you just eat this shit up. It's so good. And I, I do it as an adult too. And like you said, it's pure. It's not purely, but it's it's definitely a nostalgia ninety five like fucking ride and a half. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. yeah, I mean, what else can you say about it? I mean, unless you got I, well, I, I I actually remember that exact trailer after watching it. I was like, I have seen that on a VHS before, and uh, this is a little yeah. bit of a sidebar, but um, I'm pretty sure it was Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I remember seeing that trailer before the movie because i think west craven's new nightmare was 94 but it it was the trailer for it saying it was coming soon that would make sense because just the the weird kind of sound edits in the trailer versus what we actually get in the movie yes that would kind of explain that yeah and i can see that it's both new line so yeah yeah, yeah. and i remember just watching that back and forth and i'm like dude i've got to fucking see this um but 95 what would i have been i probably would have been about four or five fuck i was only a youngin <laughs> i was 10 <laughs> so that's why i was like oh. yeah yeah well i think well yeah my brother well, he's six years older and he had all that shit so yeah so yeah i yeah i think he would have been about 11 so you 10. know what's funny dudes is like you had the role of like what my sister had for me where she got all this Mortal Kombat shit vicariously because of me. Like, yeah. like she watched me playing all the games, so she ended up playing the games. Like, So she has an affinity love for MK as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, not enough to make a fucking podcast out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Absolutely. dude, that's awesome, man. Like, that's kind of cool because then you're experiencing it through a whole different vibe because not only is it like chilling with your big bro, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you're getting your fucking dude. I can only imagine if you're five watching this shit, dude. Holy fuck, man. I'd be fucking jumping off the couches, doing ninja kicks and shit. Like, <laughs> oh, I honestly thought like I was, yeah, I'd watch that. And then I'd watch straight into like Wes Craven's new nightmare and I'll just shit my pants pretty much. So you're going from <laughs> one extreme to the other. Oh, what a good movie that is too, dude. I actually enjoy it. So people say uh-huh. what they want, but. Yeah, I not to not to start any arguments with some no. guys and Project Louder, but I do like I do like that film. Yeah, that would definitely be a well, once again a different <laughs> podcast argument. <laughs> but no, okay. So while we're still discussing this movie, obviously the CGI is straight up ninety five, and it's not even good ninety five because we bring this up in previous podcasts. Once you compare it to. Jurassic Park, which I don't know. Like, I know that's the, the biggest comparison, but it's like, dude, how could you not? But this was, Absolutely. what did we say? 18 mil? I believe it was the budget. 18 I million was the budget. Um, so. And obviously, you know, like set design and all that good shebang. Uh, Christopher Lambert was the biggest one. He had, you know, so he was the biggest name. So he had to definitely pay his ass. 
We'll yeah. talk about that in a second. But no, so fighting and action, great. Storytelling, great. But like I said, CGI kind of eh. And in compare, if we're talking MK, like you brought up, lack of potential violence that we could have or should have had. Yes. So I don't know. Howdy. Oh, what's up, Mr. Boss Man? How are you doing? Howdy there, Mr. Honky Tonkin. Yeah, hey. no, I, I think what really does save this film is the production design and location settings. I think they Ooh. also really stay true to the game itself. Um, I yeah, I, I mean, that's that uh, 90s cinematography that we get in this film. Like, it. It's fucking fun, and and um the choreography scenes, uh, the yeah, like the fighting and that. It's like I, was, I look. I will point out reptiles scene with Liu Kang. That whole fight scene, mm-hmm. I find that is like so true to the fucking game itself. Those so, are lies, TJ. Sorry, not to interrupt, Brody. Yeah, no, nah, that's nah, all good. TJ, TJ saying this shit. Scorpions' layers look weak. Ha. No, y'all got to know if the inside Mr. Joke here, uh, <laughs> big alumni on Project Louder. And if you go over to the Down the Rabbit Hole podcast, you can catch his lovely voice. But uh, yeah, that gentleman made that amazing level. But anyway, sorry, Brody, go to that reptile. No, fight. no. Yeah, no, I was just saying, yeah, basically reptiles. Um, that whole scene, um, fan bloody tastic. You know, it's definitely that 90s vibe as i was saying but yeah other than that that's all i've got to say about the film mate all right so yeah it, once again nostalgia ride terrible cgi amazing fight scenes great <laughs> acting and all that good stuff thing which we're gonna go through that so let's i would say hit behind the scenes so you want to take that away brother Absolutely. So Christopher Lambert also voiced Raiden in the French dubbed version. That's awesome. <laughs> have you seen the French dubbed version? Because I, really I have not, but it kind of makes me almost want to watch it just to hear Christopher Lambert still do Raiden in French. I don't know French. I, I took no, Spanish in high school or in middle school and high school. So I don't know how well that would be, but you know, uh, you could try it. Je m'appelle Lambert. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Uh, so Bridget Wilson, who had originally tried out for Sonya, left during the casting to to do the film. Uh, Billy Madison. Hmm. So Cameron Diaz was chosen and hired after appearing in The Mask. However, due to an injury to her wrist during training for the film, she could no longer play the role. So Wilson was called back as shooting had just wrapped up on Madison. She was flown out the next day to start film and had to train and prepare for her fights on set and between takes. That's impressive. It like, is impressive. And I honestly don't see Cameron Diaz playing that role after watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh, Wilson did a great job. I mean, Absolutely. I think she gives the she gives the look to Sonya to me. You know what I mean? Like she just has that. She's got that resting bitch face, dude. You know what I mean? She just straight up, yeah. I, you know, say what you want, but I feel that's what it is. she does it so well, man. I mean, she did it even great in Billy in, Madison. What's that? Even in Billy Madison, she had that. Oh, dude, she was delicious, Billy Madison. Mm. Um. Yeah, sorry. I got distracted. I watched China Cage and Scorpion fight over here. 
<laughs> the layer wasn't weak ass. No. Um, but Cameron Diaz. That's interesting choice. I just don't know if she, I'm not saying she couldn't pull it off. It just that would have been a way different Sonya. I feel. I, I if 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 it was me choosing the for that role, I would have chose Sharon Stone. Hmm. I don't know. I think she's just got to. She. I think she's got that fucking bit of fierceness behind her. In a sense, I don't know. Yeah, but I think she was doing Casino at the time. I think that was '95 as well. Hmm. I have to take your word for that one. I honestly don't know. I have to look that up. No. Yeah. I don't know. I. I'm glad we. Uh, obviously, you know, it sucks that she had to get hurt in order for Wilson to luck out and kind of like fall back into the role. But I would almost say it's kind of like a blessing. Cause yeah. like, I don't know. Like I said, man, like I feel like she just filled the role so well. Oh, um, absolutely. Maybe her fighting, like obviously if she had time to train previous, her fighting could have been that much better. Yeah. Uh, but given the fact of how it fucking happened. Yeah. You know, I think she did a great job. She still bet Kano. <sighs> that poor bastard. They made him so weak in this film, it pisses me off. You know what? I feel like that's why in the new one, you just get so much more Kano because they're just like, <laughs> no, nah, man, we got to. Uh, Australian director and Australian actor, they're just like, go ham with it. Right. Dude, there's a lot of Australian uh, actors in that. But go check out our fucking bonus episode for that shit. <laughs> we reviewed 2021 MK. Uh, what are we at? So Chris, Chris uh, yep, go ahead, bud. Uh, Chris Kaz, Kazmasa, am I, am I saying that right? Kazmasa. I, I could, I, I could be fucking myself. No, it's oh, Chris Kazmasa was originally hired to be a stunt ninja. However, at the audition, the producers were so impressed they gave him the role of Scorpion. Damn, that's awesome. Right, that's when you're just coming in, you're doing some fucking nasty ass moves in the office. Good shit. <laughs> uh, Ed Boone voiced the classic line for Scorpion, get over here. Yeah. So not That's only in the games, story. but continuing into the movie-verse. Absolutely. Oh, this next one's very delicious. The right? man himself, Jean-Claude Van Damme, was actually supposed to play Johnny Cage. The character, which is based off his well, based off his character in Bloodsport, however, turned it down to play. Ju- is, fuck, mate, is that Julie? Julie? Guile. Guile. Fuck. Guile. <laughs> in, yeah. In Street Fighter, and uh, I bet you he fucking regrets that, dude. I mean, I like the Street Fighter movie. Yeah. But it's definitely nowhere near like this motherfucker right here that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, no. And I like C- Street Fighter series, but still, you know what I mean? This, obviously, dude, we're talk- we're on a fucking MK podcast. <laughs> we just but, had a uh, heavily uh, cocaine out of his mind, Sean Claude Van Damme on Mortal Kombat. I just, but that would have been a cool fucking circle to like complete. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, why didn't why why wouldn't he have done that like it's like already like yo dude look this character here that we want you to play is already an homage to your other character so play 
Like how fucking crazy would that be? <laughs> oh, oh my God. And that, okay. Another talking point. Jean-Claude Van Damme actually played Johnny Cage in this versus Lyndon Ashby. What would that be like? Would we get more violence like in like blood sport and stuff? Or would it be more how Street Fighter was where Street Fighter was kind of like held back a little bit too? It would be a more serious role. And with his comedic and sarcastic lines delivered would be that serious. They would not be funny. I don't think he could deliver them as much as uh, the guy we got for this. I just wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love Lyndon Nash people. Once again, this is probably, that's probably like nostalgia talking just from like, you know, watching. Mm-hmm. He was on a show on USA too, dude. And I can't remember. I wish I remember the name of it, but it's like, he was a spy and his like rival spy was his neighbor, but they had to like hide it from each other's wives and shit like that. But they were always like fighting and fucking shit. It was pretty funny, dude. Um, yeah. Like I thought he played a way like, I thought he played a really good cage. But Jean-Claude Van Damme would just been like, I feel like it would have been a power struggle with Robin Shaw. Oh, absolutely. And not necessarily like coming from Robin Shaw, but like Jean-Claude would want himself to be that main character. You know what I mean? Where it's like, no, dude, this one, it's, it's Luke Kang. Like Luke Kang's the main boy. Like you ain't yep. going to fuck with his ass. Yeah. He would have been very difficult to work with, especially with this cast. I mean, he's already this big action star coming into a cast of like like B B movie actors, pretty much. I mean, he, he's essentially one him himself, but you know, his name yeah. is pretty fucking big at this stage. Yeah, he's got a, I mean, dude, Van Damme by 95, that's a fucking solid name. Um Obviously, like that's why they were so okay. So that maybe like that's why he did Street Fighters because even though he was going with head to head with name rights for like with Raul Julia, Raul Julia was playing Bison, so he was the bad guy. So like yep. Jean Claude was still the top good guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I can totally see it being that dispute. Like oh, I maybe that's why you weren't sure. it. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. What else we got, brother? Um, so the film soundtrack went platinum in, in less than two weeks. Fuck. Hot That's damn. Crazy. I don't know about you, man, but I definitely owned that shit. I don't know. I don't have it anymore, but I did at a time. I think I had a burnt CD of it. back. Yeah. In the the good old burn CD, dude. Burn CD. <sighs> and that like is a, a white top texter, Mortal Kombat. That is a, uh, that is going back in time right there. Fucking hope. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it, dude. Uh, on top of that, originally the producers were rejected by multiple record companies to make the soundtrack as a as they wanted to use EDM, electronic dance music, and record excess wanted to use popular artists. They eventually landed with TVT Records, who were a smaller company at the time. And with that, it ended up becoming the very first platinum EDM record in history. Hot damn. So round of applause to George S. Clinton there for making a fucking, putting together an amazing soundtrack. Like, obviously, he did not do all the songs on the soundtrack, but he was the one who 
put it together and oh yeah man like and he did have a few on there actually still i'm not gonna say he didn't yeah but oh man so yeah no that was a fucking badass actually i revisited that soundtrack last night on youtube um, yeah get back in the zone and that and there were so many bands that i'd forgotten about um which we do talk about in our questions Um, yeah yeah. i um oh my god dude now i'm gonna forget this i gotta look it up yeah we'll talk about that in our questions yeah so um, anderson credits lambert for smoothing over his first big job and on top of that being the biggest name there set as a uh, precedent for uh, the other actors which uh, with his more claiming laid back attitude. Sorry, calming. Fuck me. Um, s- seeing as the studio could only pay him for a few weeks, uh, they shot with him for a few weeks in the LA studio. And we're going to use a double for the shots in Thailand. Lambert, being the amazing guy he is, flew out to Thailand to make sure he was in the rest of the shots with no extra fees, as he felt he was needed through the movie. He even paid for the rap party afterwards. What a top bloke. Right? That's what I'm saying, man. Christopher Lambert was the unsung hero of 1995's Mortal Kombat. Like, Fuck. yeah, he was the, A, he was the biggest name on the roster. So you already kind of got that draw. And obviously, you know, by that point, we've already gotten, uh, we've gotten two Highlanders. Do we? I don't know if we've gotten the third one at that point or not. Yeah, I definitely know we had two by then. Um, But yeah, so you got that name from there. They actually wanted, I don't think I had this in the show notes, but I did see it. So they wanted motherfucking Sean Connery. Cool. Right. Another Highlander. Right. So, no, no, this is, it's kind of cool, like with the whole Highlander thing. So they wanted Sean Connery to play Raiden. But he, according to this, what it said is like, he was just like, I want to play golf, and he didn't want to do a physical role, I guess, for the movie, which I don't really know like how – even like, I didn't think Christopher Lambert really did that much of a physical fucking role for this movie, personally. He didn't do anything. He just no. there and fucking laughed at the, people. The, the most physical part Christopher Lambert did in this movie, besides his awesome cackle all the time, which some people don't <laughs> like but I fucking love, um, is when he flips Liu Kang. When Liu Kang yep. is at the temple, that's about it. Like that's the most physical he fucking got. Everything else was close-ups in a fucking studio. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck. But yeah, close-ups in a studio on the fucking boat and few other spots, and then obviously like the season Thailand and shit like that. But it's awesome that he went out. I'm sure he got paid to go out there. He maybe not got paid from the movie, but I'm sure the dude got taken care of through his agent or something. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. But at the same time, like, even if he didn't, even if he was really like, no, man, this movie fucking needs me. <laughs> and, to, That's and dedication and to pay for that rap party, dude. I can't imagine that that was a uh, little penny. You know what I mean? That I want to know a- what went on at that rap party now. The 1995 MK rap party. That'd no, be Dude, they should have some. Imagine if that was like a behind the scenes that they start putting on like fucking movies and shit like that, dude. If they had like rap party shit, that'd be that'd interesting. Be so sick. I mean, like on Instagram, you seen, uh, well, the Mortal Kombat 21. Right. But you see a lot of photos from the rap party. Um, but 
No, I'd, I'd love to see that. Imagine how crazy that'd fucking be. It's like a little behind-the-scenes doco. Oh, Mr. Scuba. Scuba Steve, howdy there, honky-tonk. What's up, Mr. Scoobs? How you doing, sir? Oh, man, hell yeah. Where are we at, so, uh, originally, Kano was yes. of Japanese slash American descent. However, after Trevor Goddard's performance, the creators of the games retconned Kano to be Australian from that point on. Funny fact was that Goddard was actually British. However, enjoyed acting with an Australian accent. Uh, yeah, is that if that's what you call that accent? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we've mentioned this a few times before, but Brody has uh, been pretty vocal on goddard's take on the australian <laughs> fucking accident uh, uh, uh hey man you know what it's it, interesting though that's it, i think it's awesome absolutely like, and whatever the fuck was going on in his head for him to want to do that uh mm. i can say nothing but thanks to that man just because <laughs> because dude <clears throat> he changed the whole dynamic of Kano. Absolutely. He's given, uh, well, he's given, well, there's not really too many uh, video game characters out there that's Australian, so that's that's one on the board for us. And we already got a lot of fucking American or Japanese people in this game or of Oriental descent, nonetheless. I mean, we got Hanzo, who's Japanese, but... Yeah, um, absolutely. And for the fact that he's British and just to take it to the next, well, it could have been a British character, but for him to take it to the next level and just be like, fuck it, I'm going to make my British own. Kano. Mm. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be. No, dude, I, I'm glad they went with this take because it, I don't know what it was, man, but it just added that little bit more of like rugged gritness to it, I guess. Yeah, we're all rugged and gritness down here. Yeah, dude, right? <laughs> fucking A, dude. Yeah, nah, it's fucking oath. And um, he had the cl- – I mean, not to compare it to the new movie, but they even gave him the actual, like, cybernetic eye. He didn't do shit with it. It was just prop. But it still looked like – it didn't look terrible. You know what I mean? Like, I can still no, watch it, that shit and be like, all right, there's Kano. There's Kano, and I'm happy we got Kano. Fuck yeah. Even though he was weak as piss. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. You little Hey man. So, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. That's all I'm gonna that's all I gotta say. They they do injustice in the remake, but yes, bonus do. content goes suss that out. So uh two of the best fights in the movie, Scorpion versus Cage and Liu Kang versus Reptile, were actually reshoots done after the test audience wanted more fights, pushing the release from May to August. Good. Yeah. I'm glad they fucking did that. Fuck yeah. And that might be, I, I know I wrote in two of the best fights and that obviously might be opinionated on my point just from when I was watching it. But I feel I like that's usually the generalized take from most people is like, yo, dude, scorpion fight, reptile fight. Yeah. Like, and I should, you know what? I should have put that in there, but we're gonna, we'll cover that in questions. We'll just throw it in. But yep. we should have put in uh, besides favorite fight, worst fight. <laughs> well, we probably agree on that. I get, well, no, we probably would. So, all right. Mm. Without further ado, I say we hit these questions, brother. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. All right. Fucking so, 
And if you've been following in the beginning of this, obviously we stole our format from Goremore, but it fits very well with Brody and I. Questions are tweaked a little bit, going more our MK style, but still with uh, the Goremore theme, just to get a couple yes. extra content uh, contents in there. So, where did you watch it, and what was the format, brother? If well, you did have to watch it this week, yeah. Well, look, I I didn't have to watch it, but I thought I'd just quickly revisit it uh, back on YouTube. Um. I think I think it was only seven twenty p. Unfortunately, I don't know if they've. I'd have to go back and uh, suss it out. But yeah, I, yeah. Look, I really need to kick my own fucking ass for not having this on Blu-ray. Um, Dude, it it's kind of hard to shit. find on Blu-ray. But Is it? I, I, it, well, yeah, because like they haven't been there hasn't been anything in print for a while, and like there's a steel book out there that was kind of going, um, cheap. That'd be cool. But I think and I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I want to say they're actually about to drop a 4K Blu-ray pack. Cool. Or it might just be the first one. Um, Hopefully it's uh, both. That'd be sick. Okay, so oh wait, nope. This is MK2021 4K Blu-ray drops July 13th. So that's just good to know, anyways. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so damn it, it's just coming up. This one, fuck. All right, anyways, I'll keep looking yeah. for that. Yeah, no, I'll I'll definitely uh suss that out. But yeah, I'm I'm actually really surprised that it, that it's hard to get on Blu-ray. You think that they would have had something out by now for it? Um, well, okay, so there was one. There was a triple pack, and I, I think you might be, get, be able to get it on Amazon. And it came with MK, MK or this MK, Annihilation, and I think maybe the first series of Legacy. Yep. And then there was another one that had those three, and it also had 1995 Spawn or Spawn 7. Ooh. I want to say it was five. And whew, side note on Spawn, love the movie, but you want to talk bad CGI. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry, um, I'm just on eBay at the moment, Australian eBay, and for yeah. me to buy a Mortal Kombat Blu-ray Region Four, guess how much? Uh, okay, so wait, you've told me everything is tripled there, or is it doubled? Uh, I th- actually, sorry, so it might be doubled. So when I I'm say, gonna, I'm going to say a solid eighty. Australian? Yeah. Go a little bit more. Really? No shit. How what is it? What is it? Well, there's two there's only two on here, and one's at eighty eight dollars and one is at ninety nine. Okay, so I wasn't too far off. No, no, you're pretty you're pretty fucking good. If I if I want to get um a cheap one, I'd have to get a region B from United Kingdom, which is only like thirty bucks. And free postage, so it's better to shop from the like get one from the UK than Australia. Yeah, dude. How the fuck is that? Wow, eighty dollars, dude, for a fucking oh. Blu-ray. And I'm not even entirely sure if it has like um like special features or anything, right? You, you know, you think they would? I'm surprised they haven't dropped a nice new like. 4k pack 
of the of the first two, at least the two movies. You don't need to put Legacy on there. But with the new movie dropping this year, you figured like that would have been an extra fucking like that would have been money in the pocket. Like who wouldn't want to ride that train? Oh, absolutely. And I reckon they will do something like that when the the new film actually comes out. Are they actually releasing a physical release for the the new one? So according to what I'm looking at here, yes. Which is weird because Warner Brothers said they were going to stop physical fucking media. So was it like at a certain point they're going to stop physical media maybe? Yeah. Like it's still going to continue to like throughout the year. I don't know. I didn't suss that shit out too much. I'm not going to lie. Like when we talked about it, like I, I read into a little bit, but I know TJ covered it a little bit more. Yep. What about yourself there? What'd you watch it on, mate? If you had to watch it? Well, I'm actually watching it right now. Funny enough. Ah. <laughs> uh, not that y'all can hear it, but Say what you want. I got the old classic fucking DVD shit, like old school fucking paper bullshit, whatever. She's still good. I don't care. I'll watching on the 4K TV. It's all that matters. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and I got it. Okay. So here's the funny thing is like, so this DVD is like the old DVD style where it has full screen and widescreen, but it's on opposite side of the disc instead of just in the menu. So, like, if you don't actually, yeah, I know. It's fucking stupid. So, <laughs> if you don't read it, like, you could independent, like, and obviously everything's set up for widescreen now. So, it's kind of a weird thing because then you put it in widescreen. But the problem is it's filmed in widescreen format, but it puts it down into, like, a smaller scale. So, it's, yep. like, solid black all the way around. If you know what I'm talking about, you, you know. Um so at least with my TV, even though it's not like the but like it's not the better of the 4K that I have, it has this nice zoom option where it actually perfectly zooms that rate all in the frame. And Ooh. yeah, so like I have the full fucking 60 inch, like how I want to watch it. And it it doesn't look too bad. Like I want I would do if they dropped it in 4K, I'd fucking be <laughs> I fucking throw that money right now. But <laughs> Rest uh, in peace, bank account. Yeah, but up until that point, I'm just gonna keep watching this dude. So that's Fuck what man. I did. Old school DVD and yeah. So opening scene, buddy, did it hook you in? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've got to give a shout out to that kick-ass Mortal Kombat theme from the Immortals, and you know, we get that lovely, lovely title card. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the opening scene of uh, Luke Kang's brother. Chan, I think it is. Is yep. it Chan? Yes. Yeah, being killed by Shang Tsung, you know, uh, definitely sets the tone for the film. And to that famous quote, your brother's soul is mine. I think and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. 100%, man. You said that beautifully. All I could say is to add to that, at least from my as- aspect, when I came into watching this movie, at first – uh, as a kid, I was just like, wait, is this Luke Hang? And you're like, who yeah. the fuck is Chan? You know what I mean? Like, you're so many questions, <laughs> dude. And you just see Shang Tsung, who's a young guy, which is, that was a little different. Yep. Um, And they actually, another little behind the scenes, they actually always wanted Carrie to play the role. 
regardless, but they decided to just use him younger because they would have just spent that much more time and money on props to make him look like old school, yep. like old ass Shang song. Yeah, so they just yep. left him young, which is fine. I think he did it. He did a fucking phenomenal role. Oh, and incredible. uh, yeah, go ahead, bud. No, no, I was just gonna oh, say sorry. it's incredible. I, I think that if you turn him into this old guy, it just sort of takes that element away of it. Like, I mean, he's more younger, he's fitter, he's more sinister. He's you know, he can keep up with these fucking fighters, right? He's MK2, he's MK2 Shang Song, essentially. Like, we just skip the old man shit. Yeah, it's fine, you don't need it. I mean, the old man stuff was definitely more tied to other movies that we talked about. You can go back and check our other uh, episodes when we talk about our references. But other than that, yeah, sets the mood perfectly. I'm glad you brought in the Immortals theme song because, dude, that shit right there, you fucking, I don't know what it is about this movie, man, but this is like one of the top three. I don't know if you've ever seen that question, but it's like, when you see the New Line Cinema card, what's the first movie or first two movies that come to your mind? MK is right there besides Nightmare on yep. Elm Street. Yes. It, it's yes. Nightmare on Elm Street, MK, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those are my three New Line. Yeah. Those yes, are my three no. New Line fucking like big boys. When I see that title card, I'm like, I'm either it's hoping it's one of those three or it is going to be one of those three. <laughs> you know no, I mean? I, oh, you, yes, that's 100% fucking the same with me, dude. You just yeah, took the words out of my mouth. But Good when shit. that hits, you, yeah, you see the silent one and then you get the second new line title card. You hear that dum, 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 dum. Dude, I could only imagine in theaters, like you just heard that and it just like started pumping you up. And you just oh. hear it enough to where you keep hearing it throughout the, like the movie, and then they hit it with you at the end, dude. That theater must have been fucking jumping. Oh, oh I just want to see a UFC fighter come out to it. Imagine that the whole crowd would just start fighting each other. Fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they did that shit on some wrestling. I think the boys know about that a little bit more than we do, but yeah. Oh fucking a, dude. So let's see. Yeah. Once again, opening scene, great. Okay, so favorite character for MK1995. Ooh, now this is a Johnny D favorite, this one. I mean, how could you not go with fucking Johnny Cage? Yeah! I mean, he's he's like, he can definitely fight in this film, and, and the one-liners, uh, sarcastic and smart-ass remarks, are just endless. Um, so I've chosen him for the win, uh, uh but I've got not to mention um, what sells it for me is that he dick punches Goro and leads him to his death. Just Fuck yeah, dude! Ass. We get the ball. We get the ball punch, dude. They gave us the nut punch. If if fucking MK two, the new MK two when that drops, if if we actually get it and we get our cage, if we don't get the fucking nut punch, goddamn it. Be riots, riots. <laughs> um, uh, so good. I wish we yeah. got. I wish we got more with that fight, though. Like, obviously, yes. yeah, you know, fighting against the animatronic, we got like Art Lean. I feel like had a way better, like a longer fight, essentially, with Goro. Even though Goro was pummeling the shit out of him. Yes. Uh, rest yep. in power, buddy, Mister Art Lean. But you know that obviously gave Cage. 
I feel like, I mean, honestly, he could all, you could say Cage got a flawless victory against Goro. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. I didn't I even think, think Goro took two swings on him, but he blocked him. So, yep. yeah. Go on. He, he, then he did the roll up, kick, jump up, and fucking <laughs> kicked him off that cliff. Dude, and his, and you're right, his one liners. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say Cage, obviously, yes, is my favorite. Lyndon Ashby doing a great job. Um, but come on, man. Everybody quoted those are $500 oh. sunglasses, asshole. You know what I mean? Like that was fuck, that was one of the best fucking lines in this whole goddamn movie. And just yes. the delivery was perfect. Um, that being said, I feel like everybody fit their roles very well in this, especially the main, like Robin Shaw, phenomenal Liu Kang. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with all, I feel these three characters, once again, talking about Bridget Wilson, these three filled their roles out amazingly. You know what I mean? And Christopher Lambert, even though Raiden is supposed to be of like Japanese descent or origin, uh, pulling in the French guy, he did a fucking phenomenal job. Yep. So, Absolutely. but I feel like my runner up is going to have to be to, um, and now I'm going to fuck up his name. Let's, I got to read it again here to uh, Carrie. Hiroyuki Tagawa as Shang Tsung as my runner-up yeah. because once again, man, he would probably was the second most quoted behind Johnny Cage, dude, with your soul as mine. Like that wasn't even in the game. That was nothing, dude. But the game totally took that and ran with it after the fact. He did such a good job. Tay fucking brought him back in for MK11 and check out our MK11 episode. But they brought him back into that to replay the role in the game, dude, with the new mocap and shit that they got and the new facial scan. And you get a whole fuck it. You get a whole story mode playing with with him going alongside with him. And his acting in it is great. I, some people said it, it didn't seem as good, but it's like, yo, dude, like, you know, video game acting is different. It's, it has a little different sense to it. So you got to take it as it is. But oh, absolutely. But yeah, so those are my two, man, for sure. If if we do happen to get a little bit of a sidebar, if we happen to get a sequel to the the reboot, mm-hmm. like I really do like your theory of how they should bring him back. Who's that? Oh, um, oh, Shang Tsung. Ooh, like they. That's true. Like he could if if. Um, if Shao Kahn is brought in, yeah, he could lose his he could lose his temper with uh, Shang Tsung for not or for making the tournament have to go through to where he could like maybe take his life essence, make him old for the tournament. Yes. Or I don't know, man. I still think I still don't think we're gonna get the tournament in the second one. If if it's the way I'm thinking. I could be wrong. Yep. But Dude, I hope they really don't do that space shit. I keep seeing that pop up, and I'm like, no, go away. I don't want to fucking, like, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, they keep, so there's, like, these articles going around saying that the second Mortal Kombat, if it comes out, they're talking about, like, having it go into space. And I'm like, I don't understand even the concept of that, because why? It has nothing to do with space. It has to do with fucking different dimensions and realms. This angers me. 
Yeah, it really does, dude. Because it's like, guys, do you not fucking listen? Like, stop coming up with this dumb, like, no. Unless, like, they're confused because they, like, they see, like, MK11 and you're looking at, um, holy fuck, I can't believe I'm brain fired on her name right now. But the, uh, Chronica, Jesus Christ. But you see, like, her layer, like, it looks like it's out in space. But that's just the time dimension. You know what I mean? Like, that's. I don't know. I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen, dude. I fucking hope it's just bullshit rumor. Yeah. Listen to the fans of what we want, right? Because we don't want this bullshit. It's just going to be one big fucking shit show. Yeah, man. Where it's already was a struggle with fighting with the first one because so many people hated a lot of shit in it. Yeah. Other people liked it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. Go go catch out our fucking episode. (laughs) Keep tagging out the episodes. Fuck it. Um, All right, so favorite fight of MK95. Um, Reptile and Liu Kang, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I mean, it, it, to me, it, <sighs> it probably, yeah, it just feels like the longest and uh, most entertaining fight in the movie uh, that to me feels true to the games, as I said. But, you know, yeah, like what Johnny D was just showing me, especially mm-hmm. when you get the famous Liu Kang bicycle kick. Um, Fucking right. It just, just, yeah, that's so fucking cool. It's a well choreographed fight scene. Also, um, gotta gotta mention it definitely helps when you've got these two characters and their um costume design is pretty on par with the game as well. Like, yes, I mean Reptile looks fucking great in this, and it's just a simple fucking design. Right. The only thing they did, the only thing they changed between the ninjas on this, obviously besides color, is their mask design. And the reptile yeah. one is fucking like the dopest by all means, like with that sweet oh. open mouth. Um, yeah. And Keith Cook, who played reptile in this, he did just his little signature move. Like, how do you know? Okay, so there's a part where he gets up and he like dusts himself off, but he like fucking like flicks his arms and like his head, and it just kind of moves almost like reptilian esque, like. Yeah, it just sells it that much fucking more, dude. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you got the sound effects in there, too, of, like, the weird, like, hisps and shit, but... Even the expression with his eyes, like, he looks fucking evil. Right, like, like fierce, dude. Really, like, yeah. Fucking A. Um, I'm going to have to go Scorpion and uh, Cage. Um, Classic. Yeah, and... So... The funny thing is we got we talked about how this was a reshoot and not the whole thing was necessarily reshoot. The actual um, the original ending of that fight scene was supposed to end with him. Johnny Cage shadow kicking Scorpion and getting the win. I don't know how just the shadow kick in itself would have killed him if unless it was just like, well, okay, so there was a fatality in the Super Nintendo edited version where instead of his original fatality where he does the up the head uppercut he yep. does it where he does like the shadow kick and it sticks like his foot in their chest and then they fucking fall down dead I don't know so it could have been almost like maybe a play on that but they obviously wanted to extend that fight longer so then we got the whole like fucking weird I don't even Scorpion's Lair we'll just call it I guess I don't know if it was really in the nether world per se, but I almost feel like it would have to be. 
Which, if it was, how the fuck did Cage actually get out of there then? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that, that's that's a huge question right there. Like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Where? So unless like I'm gonna say maybe it was like catacombs on the island. Like he just teleported him to a different part in the island. Yep. But no, I'm gonna have to go with that fight scene. Uh beautifully choreographed. Lyndon Ashby got fucked up quite a bit in that uh doing that fight scene. I think he broke a couple of ribs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh shit. And he uh bruised his kidney. But there was and he oh, there was another part. Um, or is that Scorpion? I'm gonna fuck it up. I can't believe I'm gonna fuck this up. There's a part where one of the guys they're doing a flip, and their ankles like or their shins hit the bar. Uh, and I, I want to say it's Scorpion that hits the bar, but they yeah. said that wasn't supposed to happen, and like that like really <laughs> fucked him up. And I'm just like, every time I see that, I'm just like, ooh, dude, like. Uber shin hit is the worst, and that's that's a double, it's a fucking double, dude. I yeah, I I do feel that it, it could be Scorpion. I, I think I, it is. I think it is when he did the when he does like the f- sweet flip, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'll I'll make strong behind the production design on that one. Absolutely, shout out to Mister Strong himself. Uh and you can catch rabbit hole where he actually talks about building that with him and Mr. TJ Bowser. And I believe he was brought in like little short notes, but he was brought in with like no idea of being told what the fuck was going on. (laughs) So go catch that shit, dude. It is delicious. I'm going to add in a quick question here, buddy. Least favorite fight or worst fight. Um, I know we've seen this enough to where it shouldn't be that hard to think off the top of the head. I'm going to, I don't know if you'd call this a fight, but it was that stupid monk doing all these stupid bullshit moves in front of Sub Zero, and Sub Zero just smashed him with an ice. Ah, the also other flawless victory in the movie. Pretty Um, much all. Oh, are we actually just talking about scenes that were like a little bit like just, you know, fighting? So, I mean, Luke Kane's Sub Zero fight was pretty average. I was going to say, you could go that one. Uh, even if you like, I would almost have to say that mm-hmm. on top, like, but if you could go with the fight scene, it's him and Katana. That was like the most bullshit. Oh, it sets yeah. for the, it sets like, obviously like her telling him the secrets and like, blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. I get it. So I don't know if you can necessarily consider that a fight. So if we don't, but I'm going to say the Sub-Zero fight, dude, and only because of how it fucking ended. Yeah, it was so fucking stupid. It didn't even go for long. How how do you freeze? Okay, like, he didn't freeze Sub-Zero. Obviously, he impaled Sub-Zero. Like, that's what he died from. But, like, I don't know. It just, it seems like water wouldn't have, it seems like he could have controlled that coming in the way he is able to manipulate ice and all that good shit. Like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm looking a little bit too far into it because obviously we don't have Sub Zero in like as crazy as we do nowadays. But no, yeah, I, I even thought the same when I saw it. I'm like, that's just fucking stupid. At least snap his neck or do something like instead Ooh. of being paled by fucking water. Like, <laughs> right? 
use the element which brings life. So funny little tidbit <laughs> about that fight scene. There's a part where like Sub Zero's doing backflips down the ramp, and Luke hangs just running at him, and he like does this like little jump kick. And he's like, yeah, and he keeps running at him. So <laughs> what was originally supposed to happen is Robin Shaw was actually supposed to follow. Um, oh my God, what the hell was his name? It was Petite, uh, Francois Petite. Um, he was supposed to follow him down in in uh, following his flips, but Robin Shaw couldn't do the flips as fast as fucking Sub Zero could. So by the like this take, he was just so pissed off. He just ran down the fucking ramp and did that little fucking like jump <laughs> shimmy thing. And then that's what we ended up getting in the fucking movie because he was just so pissed off. He's like, fuck this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's fantastic. Oh, fucking great, dude. But oh shit, it's the emperor. Ah, you weak, pathetic fools. Alrighty, so. <laughs> It was worse, so that was a fun favorite fatality in the game or game. Oh. Jesus Christmas, <laughs> the movie. Uh, if, I would if have you to call what we get fatalities. Well, I'd have to go with uh, bloody Johnny Cage's scorpion slice to the skull on, uh, yeah, scorpion slice to the skull. You know, it was this was actually nearly my favorite fight scene, um, but I thought I'd give it best fatality. Um, and what puts the icing on the cake for, uh, for me is that nice little Johnny Cage photograph at the end to my greatest fan, Johnny Cage. Yes, we that get the friendship. Brilliant. Yes. We get the fucking friendship, dude. Like, that's yes. perfect. Cheesy um, and badass all the fucking way, and I love it. I eat that right. shit up. Why? I don't know why Scorpion has lava blood. I don't really care. Cool. Glad we got his face mask ripped, dude, Like, and we got the toasty. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Like, perfect. Um, fuck, I, I'm almost going to have to agree. But I'm going to probably have to give it to Liu Kang killing off fucking Shang Song, dude. Because it's the closest we get to Liu Kang's fireball. We get some, like, fireball punch thing. Yep. And then we get Shang Song falling into the fucking pit. So we actually yeah. got, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the pit, like, as we know it, but it was the pit for this movie. And it fucking yes. worked. It was four full of spikes, and I'm going to fucking give it to it. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Fucking I. And then, yeah, I'm going to have to go with that one, dude, just because, I mean, who doesn't love fucking uppercutting a motherfucker into the pit? <laughs> but that scene was kind of weak before that, though, because I feel like when... This is a little side note, but it's not a super side note because it's still talking about the movie. So when like he ran up there and he sees Shang Tsung up there, then Shang Tsung's like he turns his back and then he flips around and he's Chan. Yeah. And Luke Hang's yeah. like, oh no, Chan. It's like, no, no. You just saw him as like, what the fuck? That doesn't it's like you oh. just saw him as Shang Tsung. Like, you know it's not Chan. Stop that. <laughs> but uh, yeah alright so that's, that's going to be my favorite <laughs> fatality in uh, this so, good. so buddy did the score set the mood of this film 
I mean, yes. Yes, it did. Um, I mean, it's so iconic everywhere in media and pop culture. Um, but, you know, like, I even like how they use some of the music from uh, the soundtrack. In so, like, I mean, music from bands and that that we yes. uh, that play out uh, to give us a totally different score in uh, fight scenes. Um, I, I, I really like how they did that. It wasn't just like you get this soundtrack to the side of it. It's they incorporated that music into this film. Well, yeah, because what was it? It wasn't in uh, Scorpion versus Cage. It was that was typo negative, right? When like they first come I, in. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, it was like dun 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 dun, and he's like, "Welcome." I'm pretty sure like that's the, and they just loop it. You know what I mean? It's not obviously like the full song. They just loop the instrumental parts of it, which is still great nonetheless. But if you're used to hearing the 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 normal version, it definitely will throw you off a little bit. Absolutely. So it was cool how they played with that. It was. I, I just, it's a nineties thing, I assume. I mean, oh yeah, fighting movies from the nineties had that. Well, Spawn, Spawn's another one. True. I, I feel like the new reboot though did pretty well with that man. With mm. like putting in, I mean, they didn't do like as much as this did, where it went actually out of the genre. Like it did it with more still like all the EDM, and I think they did it well with it. But you're right, like this one, dude, like. You get, oh, my God, who the fuck? I'm brain farting on it. But, like, in Kano's layer, um, oh, what the hell was it? Because I, I can just hear the dudes, like, gnarly fucking, oh, fucking scream. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, well, fuck it. Um, But, no, man, I thought the score did, was great. It fucking pumps you up you get the theme a few different times in the movie i feel yeah uh yeah so favorite song sir well i went with kmfdm duke joint jezebel Ooh. Um, always been a sucker for these dudes i i have a few of their albums um and this movie was actually what got me onto the band so uh it it was actually incorporated in the Sonya and Kano fight on the beach. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And they actually yeah, bring know. them back in on Annihilation soundtrack as well. Oh, true. What song is yes. that one? What's that? Uh, do you I know what rem- song that is? I can't remember what it is offhand, but we will talk about that next week. Oh, uh, nothing jump too far ahead. Okay. So... Once again, this was a great soundtrack. So picking favorite song was actually kind of a hard one. There's a few of them I could throw right away, right off the get-go. I'm not going to lie on that. And I mean, come on. I should have almost said this, but like we can't pick actual Mortal Kombat techno syndrome because everybody loves that song. And it's a great fight. Like, dude, it's fucking still better than the fucking new shit that we got. But anyways, <laughs> going down that fucking road. <laughs> But yeah, man, we get Fear Factory in this, dude. Yeah. Typo negative. Cam like there's a lot of like fucking buckethead. But I think I'm gonna actually have to go. And I fucking I think it's the right one. But it's control by Tracy Lords. And I like it because it's reptiles theme, by the way, if you don't know. 
But I just loved fucking reptile steam and shout out to a good buddy of the show, Mr. Pete Ward. If he watches this or listens to this episode, I know that's a personal favorite of his as well. Um, but yeah, that was like, I, I could see why that was your favorite fight scene. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like even though the scorpion one had great music, I feel like hit reptiles music was just so much more like mm. fucking yeah, dude. Like, that was the shit you could play on repeat while playing the game back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, fucking. If I, not the whole album, <laughs> you're fucking pumped up, right? Yeah, because then you just set up those fights specifically. You're like, all right, I'm Luke Hay, you be reptile. Let's all right, put 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 the music on. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> But you got to let me win because Liu Kang wins in the movie. You got to let me. Yeah, win. that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck that! No, it's different this time. Um, Fuck you. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with uh, control. So ba, 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 the next question: Acting, sir, was it good, bad? How'd you feel? I I, I like it. I consider it to be great. Um, yes, we do. We do get some extremely cheesy stuff in there in some scenes, but a little bit. I mean the the fighting acting and I mean our three three uh, leads like uh, Liu Kang, Sonya, and Mister um, Cage. I think they they're fucking fantastic in this film. I I think it's great. Um, it just flows naturally with uh, that era of the nineties film that we um, love so much, and I feel that we never really question it. I mean, it just works for that era. All right. I, uh, yeah. Let's see. So acting. Yeah, there's some cheese for sure. Your main, I feel like that's all just comes from like maybe your sub act. Like you're, you're not your main actors, obviously. Your top three, I think they do great. I thought Trevor Goddard, despite Brody's take on his accent, I thought he did a good job still in the acting portion of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Carrie did like some people say Carrie hammed it in. Maybe he did, but I feel like he it needed to be hammed in. I feel like he just fucking sold that role so well. Uh you know, Lambert had his cackle, stuff like that. <laughs> it is what it is, but at the same time, like a, <laughs> Lambert just pulled it off well, like he just felt like he had that God setting or ranking, I should say. So, yeah, I thought the acting was good. I, I don't think it was, it wasn't like terrible. It wasn't overly cheesy by any means. I think some of the cheesiest stuff is just, you know, you see like all the guys when like Goro's fight scene, like let's say like when Johnny Cage coming in, they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just feels like WWE some shit right there, which is fine. <laughs> but. All right. How was the cinematography, buddy? I I honestly think it did the film justice um, for for that nineties nostalgia. You know, it, it definitely works very well for this film, um, especially the fight scenes, as I've mentioned. Um, but as I said, like, look, I'm not trying to compare the two. You know, mm -hmm. uh, having the remake. Um, but obviously we, we've come a long way in technology department and, and, and we do get a better looking film in 2021, obviously, but this, this still holds up today, despite some of the CGI in it. I, I've, it, I, I think it really does. Um, and the production design on this film is fucking incredible. Um, the lighting yes. is awesome. Location, as I've said earlier, fantastic. It really does feel like the fucking game. 
It really does. This whole uh, world. Yeah, dude. 100%. Um, little tidbit, a little extra nugget on the cinematography too. So this is Paul Anderson's like first really big movie. And he's never filmed fighting. So I guess when he was first originally filming this, he was filming all the fights at a wide angle. And Ooh. yeah. So after constantly shooting it and just not liking how it's coming out, it was actually Robin Shaw that told him a few trade secrets of how to film fighting. And it's a lot more um, just single up close shots with rapid like cuts in between with only a few pan outs of a widescreen shot to show maybe where the characters are in like in balance um, <clears throat> in proportion to each other, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, so you don't just like lose like where they are, but yeah. So Robin Shaw helped him with that, which even let's just say Luke Kang's first fight against the random dude with dreadlocks. I don't know who that was. Maybe that was supposed to be Cyrax, but I don't think it, I don't personally think it was. It could have been. Um, but like even that fight scene, it wasn't, it was against somebody we didn't know, but it was still a cool little fight scene. You know what I mean? The way they filmed that, it was great. It was very circular motion up close. You get to see Luke Hanks fluffy fucking lioness hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get some weird tiger roars thrown in there for some reason. We don't really know why. Uh, I don't question why. I, I dig it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, the cinematography was great. They have, uh, we got some crazy, I don't know if it would be like, I don't know how you would call the shots, but like, let's say uh, with Scorpion Spear, like just those like through the fucking trees. Like, I don't know if those are like tracking shots. I'm not the kind of person to talk about this. Obviously, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I honestly think it'd be like a uh, camera mounted maybe to a person that just like to a steady cam and then okay. just yep. sort of ran through the trees and then quickly picked it up in the edit, like fast paced, like through the whole editing process, just sped it up a little bit further. Then you put your overlay of that CGI. Right. 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 Going in the front trees, of sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I was kind of getting um, almost evil dad, Sam Raimi vibes off that a little bit. You know yep. what I mean? Obviously with his force cam, and I was wondering if, like, I wonder if they filmed it like that. I would love to see. This is the shit that we need on a 4K Blu-ray, dude. Ooh. I want to see this shit. Like, them filming that and everything. Yeah, come on. Warner Brothers, get on your shit. What you just said then, imagine if Sam Raimi directed this film. Sam Raimi directed a Mortal Kombat. That would be interesting because you know what, man? Like, I thought he killed it with Spider-Man 1 and 2. And yes. 3. Like, 3 wasn't bad. 3 gets shit on pretty hard. Um, I'm not going to say he didn't tank some shit in three, but one and two stand out beautifully and it shows he can do action on top of like horror. Absolutely. Um, I mean, well, he's dude, doing I a can, new strike. Uh, was it new, Dr. Strange? Dr. Strange. Yes. Oh my God. That I'm not going to, I don't want to make this claim right now, but that might end up being one of my favorite Marvel movies because yes. that man is directing that movie like i love ragnarok dude and i love the take on it i think that's my favorite by far that might be like some fight notes depending on some people 
But Raimi directing that dude, because like I love his shots in like Spider-Man 2. Case in point, favorite scene in that whole fucking movie is when Doc Ock is on the operating table and it goes yes. full fucking that that is Raimi classic fucking horror style to the yep. T. And if you yes. had that kind of direction with Scorpion's weird little fucking which that's a whole different fucking argument right there. We 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 can get on that in a second. But if yeah. you had Raimi's weird direction on that, yeah, dude, that would be some like way more intense fucking shots. And Ooh, yes, he could, dude, think how much scarier or potentially scarier, especially because like Scorpion in this one has the way more hardcore like hell demon vibe because he's more of a slave. You know what I mean? Like obviously like Shang Tsung, he says it, slaves under my power. Um but imagine how much scarier Raymer, Raimi, Raimer, Raimi could have made Scorpion, dude, in that forest scene alone, let alone going to the... Oh. That'd be insane. Paul Anderson oh, still did a great job, but... Oh, absolutely. That'd be, it'd be, oh, man, that'd be interesting. Sam Raimi and uh, Forest Saints, uh, Danai. Right? <laughs> That's very true. Yes. Johnny Cage might get fucking a little... Bend over. It's gonna be bad news bears for this cage. The trees win. <gasps> dude, Sam Raimi, victory. Sam Raimi is the reason oh, we have probably living forest, dude. Brock. It's right there. Yes. God oh, damn it. Man. Sam Raimi could have directed the living forest scene. And went, oh, dude, what could man? Those are some fucking that's some yeah. That's some thoughts right there. Dude, if for some reason I ever could run into Rainey at a con, I would love to ask him that question. What a uh, like, listen, if you got the chance, like, if you got the chance to direct a Mortal Kombat film, what would you do with the idea of the living forest? <laughs> that would be so fucking cool. Oh, fuck. You would have to film that too. Right? If only, if only. All right, so on to the next question. Does it hold up today? Absolutely. I honestly think it does. I I think it's a great film. Minus the CGI, which was kind of dumped even then. Yep. Yes. 100%. It holds up. And this might be the nostalgia talking. It might be. But, yeah, it's not the hard R that we need or we wanted. But we were kids when this came out. Absolutely. When now we're all in our 30s, 40s, maybe 20s, 2021. We want to see the Mortal Kombat that what Mortal Kombat is. But I feel like for 95, man, this is what we I don't want to say like this is what we needed, but it it was one of the best things we could have got. Yes. And this might be a little bit controversial because I, I love the reboot so much. And, and and that is a completely, well, it's not a completely different storyline. That sets the foundation for Mortal Kombat, the new, the new reboot. But if we're talking about in like if, like um, comparison to like visually the game, this mm-hmm. film is definitely the fucking game brought to life in film. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. And I love that so much. They they were like, We we have got the goal to make this into exactly like the game and we're gonna stick with it. Nothing more. 
I mean, there's nothing like specifically from the games that you see in this movie, but it's just that over, it's just that vibe. Yes. Like, <clears throat> case point, in the movie, we have statues of uh, what I would assume previous warriors from each other tournaments. Yep. Um, All over the island, all over. We see multiple scenes of these. And while there's no, none of these statues in the game, we do have the warrior shrine obviously from the game which we have the warrior statues so it's just shit like that that's very reminiscent obviously living forest you know you get the forest and things even though that's mk2 but once again we're talking three mk3s have been out by the time this movie has dropped so we got a lot more mk lore could potentially packed into just what it would be from the first one um yeah, I think, like I said, dude, besides the CGI, I think it holds up great. The music's all great. It's just a fun, entertaining movie. It's it's honestly a family movie, dude, to me. You know what I mean? It's just one of those ones you put on, dude. Your kids are watching it. They're all fucking doing karate moves by the end of it and shit, dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's it's oh, almost man. Mortal Kombat meets Power Rangers. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. Absolutely. I, I would say like conquest is actually the more melding of that. But as for movie wise, this is like power Rangers, mortal Kombat, dude. It's a uh, fucking, I, it's not fully G rated because obviously we're getting some deaths, but it's not also like, you know, people ripping off limbs and breaking torsos and all that other good shemang. As but, much as I would have loved that. Yeah. I feel like we already know the answer to this question, but do we enjoy the premise? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, shit, we've been... A whole bunch of... Well, you just did a podcast on the... Yeah, exactly. We we love the premise. The ancient island battling for the fucking damnation of Earth. Great. Um... I would. I don't even know why I put rating on this because I don't like. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna just be so biased, and I wouldn't even know what to rate this out of. I mean, did we rate the new one out of ten? I don't remember. I th- oh shit. Did we do five or did we do ten? Because we usually we do five on Gore and more, but I feel like I switched it with ten for that one. Uh, yeah, I think I think we possibly did ten, and I might have given it an eight or a seven point five. I can't remember. I believe, yeah, yeah, I think because we came out to like a seven and a half. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, do you want to rate this? I don't know. Like, I mean, do we do two ratings? Like, there's a nostalgia rating of perfect ten, but then like the actual rating of like looking at it as a movie. Uh, no, I'm just going to give it a fucking five out of five, mate. Five out of five? All right. I want to give it a five out of five, too. But I'm going to say from a movie standpoint, it's because the CGI and everything, it lacks a little bit. Yep. I'm going to say it's like a solid like 4.8. Yes, and I will also give my score on that as well, and I'll give it a 4.4. 4.4. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. And once again, we got great acting. Great set designs, great location. Um, yep. The storytelling was in the storytelling, but dude, the storytelling might be actually better than some of the stuff that we got in the new one. Just mm-hmm. saying. Yep. You know what I mean? We didn't need Cole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it it wasn't. 
they didn't have to explain the backstory to these characters like super in depth, like how movies feel like they need to now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why. Because every character got, I feel like, a the same almost amount of time of intro scene. I mean, maybe Liu Kang even less. Because Liu Kang, you get him waking up from like seeing Chan's death in his dream, essentially. And then you go over, you see the little note, which I love the note. I always love the note from the grandpa. Liu Kang, Mm -hmm. Chan dead, return home, grandfather. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, wow. So just fucking personal. Yeah, right. Right to the fucking point. And so you're like, all right, set up. You got Liu Kang. He's got to go back home to, well, it's filmed in Thailand, but China. Um you know what I mean? And then we go right into Johnny Cage's scene, which is set up beautifully as like the fake out with them produ- producing the movie. Um, which did you notice that the director in the chair is supposed to definitely look like Steven Spielberg? I did say that and I actually thought it was. So I looked it up. Funny enough, they wanted to have Steven Spielberg in it. But they couldn't Ooh. get him, so they just had a do a lookalike stand in for him. Obviously, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty sweet. Um, but no, you're right though. They films these days they definitely force force that shit in your face to make yeah. you feel like you don't know. <coughs> like, and and this is a sidebar, and I'm, I'm I do apologize, but the new Saw movie, fuck me, I hated it because they were trying to force the twist and turns in your face, like you couldn't pick up on it. Oh fuck! But um, they, they yeah, Hollywood today force shit in your face to make you feel like a goddamn idiot, and it fucking really pisses me off. There's no right, like that. let your audience figure it out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that's part of the charm and the. And it's not even that hard. Like, dude, like I said, this movie, it gives it five minute, five minute max introduction to each character. You know what I mean? Hmm. Johnny Cage doing his movie. Fucking it calls the shit. He tweaks out on the director because he's like, these people all fucking suck. This is all hack. You know what I mean? <laughs> Runs into his shit. You see the fucking tabloid of Johnny Cage is a fake. So you already know like the whole like he's. He's he's an actor. He's an action actor who is getting critically attacked all the time. And it's just, you know what I mean? He's got the shit. He gets invited to the tournament. Boom. Then you got Sonya's introduction scene. And it's like, which I fucking love her scene, dude. It just shows the TVs, Tokyo. And then you just hit with, five, I can't remember who it is. I don't know. Was it? That wasn't type of negative. Type of negative thing. Um, but anyways. Her just pumping the fucking shotgun, come around the corner and just on the hunt for Kano, just fuck all these people in the dance club, dude, just beating the shit out of them to get her way through. Uh, <laughs> obviously lights that one dude up with the bulletproof vest on. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, if this was an RMK, that dude would have not been wearing bulletproof vest. Just throwing that out there. That would have been a headshot or some brutal fucking to the gut. Uh, or potential chest, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm gonna say. Okay, so you said four point four. Yep. All right. So my calculator plus, and I said four point eight. 
There's a score of 4.6 for Mortal Kombat 1995. That's really fair. And you know what? I'm I'm actually proud of us. We didn't just give it a straight five out of five for just the nostalgia ranking. Like it was just like wow. it, it's just a purely entertaining movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. And there's really not a lot that I mean. Come on, man. Say what you want, but physical props. We ne- we didn't even really talk about animatronic Goro, dude. But physical props mm. still look fucking phenomenal. Say which I don't give a shit. Was they that always Tom look Woodruff Junior. Who did the effects? Yeah. Wait, what? Ah, uh, ooh, that I didn't. Drift Junior. It's possible. We'll have to bring that up next episode. Which, speaking of next episode, next week we will be covering the sequel. The sequel. Ugh. 1997's <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. Annihilate him. Um, I love it. I love it for all the wrong reasons. I'm excited to talk to Brody about it next week. Uh, oh, yes. It's going to be some fun shit. I'll definitely be watching it anyways because it's <laughs> one of those. It's just one of those. I don't know why I like to watch it, but I like to watch it, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you oh, know, it's, it's so bad going in. Yeah. Well, it's just because it's so bad going in. You already know the ride you're up for, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. but. Without further ado, I think that does it for this episode. Thank you for joining in. I hope you enjoyed our take. Catch us next week at the same time, same place. I'm your Fluffmaster Supreme, Big Johnny D, saying adios, motherfuckers. And this is your double ganger, Kanga Banger, all the way from down under saying sayonara, bitches. Do, 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 do. <laughs>